You're listening to Witham's Taxing Topics. When it rains, it pours. Tax regulations and guidance are dynamic, continually changing domestic and international financial waters. Step under Witham's umbrella to better weather the storms of tending taxing topics. We'll share the essential news and information you need to prepare for what's ahead. Hi, I'm Jim Bartek, leader of state and local tax practice at Witham. For years and years, only a handful of states imposed tax directly on flow-through entity, such as Partnership LLC or S-Corps. However, the Tax Cuts and Job Act, in other words, the Trump administration's tax law, imposed a $10,000 limitation on the amount of state and local tax, also otherwise known as SALT, that individuals or pass-through business owners may deduct for federal income tax. As soon as this SALT cap became law, Many states across the nation started to look for workarounds to mitigate the impact of the limitation. Since the SALT limitation only applies to personal income tax, by electing into a PTE tax, the business can deduct SALT without limitation at the entity level and in effect retain the SALT deduction. I'm here with Jason Rosenberg, Senior Manager and State and Local Income Franchise Tax Lead at Witham, and Zaudi Tang, Manager and State and Local Income Franchise Tax Specialist at Witham, to discuss this issue. So Jason, I understand New York recently passed the SALT PT workaround to sidestep the federal SALT limitation that was put in place by the Trump TCJA Tax Act. Is this something we are seeing in other states as well? And thank you, Jim. Um, yes, what we're seeing right now is a monumental change in state tax. As historically, many businesses such as family-owned businesses and other joint ventures typically arrange their affairs using pass-through entity structures, such as a partnership, an LLC, or an S-corporation. The SALT limitation that the IRS has been enforcing since the start of 2018 on individuals or business owners of a pass-through entity has had such a profound impact on businesses. That states, right after the TCJA was enacted, states just started exploring SALT workarounds. And while some of the initial SALT workarounds, such as charitable deductions and payroll tax expenses that we saw early on had their shortcomings, pass-through entity taxes, or otherwise known as PTE taxes, started getting more traction. And I would say, Jim, by summer 2020, there was maybe a handful of states by that point that enacted a PTE SALT workaround. And you know what happened? We saw, you know, about six days after the 2020 presidential election, the IRS published Notice 2020-75, informing it intended to issue proposed regulations supporting the use of a pass-through entity, PTE, SALT workaround. So while this notice that the IRS issued was a taxpayer-friendly development, and it certainly affirmed that individual owners or shareholders of a pass-through entity would not be limited in the amount of state and local tax that can be deducted, um, what we saw was at that point, a flurry of states uh, accelerate, there was significant acceleration of states either enacting PTE taxes or at least considering it with proposed legislation. So this isn't just isolated to New York. What we're seeing is elected PTEs being put into law across the nation on almost a daily basis. Thanks, Jason. As a follow-up to that, how many states now have this PTE sole workaround tax? Uh, yeah, great question. So. Before the SALT limitation in 2018, there were maybe a few states at best that had a PTE tax that taxed on an income basis. And these PTEs were mandatory. They were not elective. 
after the salt limitation was enacted, we saw maybe six to seven states enact these taxes. That was from, let's say, 2018 through 2020. And now going into the eighth month of 2021, we've seen an additional 10 states or so that have enacted these taxes so far this year. And this pace is unlike any other trend we've seen in state and local tax, as states have been acting these PTE taxes at an extraordinary rate, especially considering how many state governments are politically divided. So back to your question today, there's maybe about 20 or so states, give or take, that have these PTE taxes. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if there were 30 states by the end of the year with these PTE taxes. Thanks, Jason. So Zaudi, I understand that the New York PTET is an elective tax, but what I want to know is given that many multi-state companies across the nation do business in New York, would only businesses with an office or physical presence in New York benefit from making the PTET election? Uh, luckily, no. Um, but to answer the question, uh, let's kind of talk about the mechanics of the New York PTET. Um, so for the two flow-through types, for partnerships, uh, for resident partners, all of the flow-through income will benefit from the PTET deduction as part of the base. Um, however, for the non-residents, only New York-sourced income will be part of that taxable base. Now, for an S-corporation, that uh, for both residents and non-residents, only the New York-sourced income will be part of the taxable base. So you will have significant benefit if you have, uh, for a partnership, New York, uh, New York partners, or if you have significant New York sourced income to take advantage of this. So um, just to summarize, you don't need physical presence in the state um, as long as you have the two uh, mentioned above sourced income or a resident partner, you will get significant benefit from this uh, tax. Thanks, Sally. When you talk about income being allocated or sourced to New York, is that based on current rules for partnerships and S-Corps or something else? Right. So, correct. It's, it is uh, on the current rules based on our understanding. Um, right now, there has not been much uh, guidance out from New York. We are waiting official guidance from New York to confirm that. But as far as we understand, that is the current um, setup. Um, just to kind of expand on the mechanics I just talked about above a little bit more, uh, at the partner level, when they're filing their individual return, there is no worry about a double taxation per se at the entity level and the personal level because the partnership or the S corporation will be providing a PTE tax credit to the owners so that whatever tax is calculated at the personal level will be offset by that credit. Uh, while you get the benefit of that federal tax deduction uh, at the federal level. So there is no worry about a double taxation if, there, if there's any worry there. Interesting. Thanks, Zaudi, for that. But I do have to ask you, what if someone wants to participate in New York PTET? What would a taxpayer have to do? Right. So we, we got to kind of go back to the previous comment about not much guidance from New York. Um, so just to give the mechanics uh, in the rules is that the annual election have to be made by March 15th of a tax year normally, um, which would be about the same time as the first quarter installment is due. However, for 2021, since we're past that date already, the first year we're allowed to make the election by October 15, 2020. 
one. And then subsequently in 2022, we will go back to that normal March 15th date. And Zaudi, if a taxpayer elects into the New York PTT, if a taxpayer wants to withdraw the election, would they be able to withdraw that election? Unfortunately, no. Uh, the election is irrevocable, unlike the New Jersey bait that was passed. Once you make the election, you cannot take it back. And the returns, as currently we know it, cannot be amended without authorization from the state. So it's unlike normal tax returns where you just filed an amended return. So it's very important that before the election is made, everything has been modeled out and we understand the benefit as well as the risks. Uh, in making the election. Thanks, Saudi. Jason, what if a business is structured as a sole proprietor or as a, or as a disregarded entity, such as a single member LLC? Would they also be able to take advantage of the New York PTET? Yeah, great question. So no, because eligible entities in order to make the election only include partnerships, LLCs, and New York S corporations. So these businesses, these business types should really consider possibly adding a member or a partner uh, for the SALT deduction. So Jason, are there any other considerations we need to be thinking about here? Yeah, so in addition to the revocation issue that Zaudi spoke about just a moment ago, there are a host of other considerations that taxpayers need to be considering. But front and center is the potential risks to the loss of the personal resident credit for non-residents, for non-resident partners of the flow through. So for example, here's the concern, right? So if the New York PTET is elected, for instance, and let's say the business is a partnership with 10 partners and eight of the partners are New York residents, but one of the partners is a New Jersey resident. And then the last partner, the 10th partner is a Pennsylvania resident. Normally, Without the PTET election, the New Jersey and Pennsylvania resident in their home state would provide a resident credit on their personal tax return to offset double taxation for when for, for the tax the partner paid when it filed its New York non-resident return, right? Because they'd be paying tax in New York based on the New York K-1 partnership income that's reported to the partner. So now with this election, right, now with making the PTE election, the entity's paying the tax. The question becomes, since the individual partner won't be paying the tax at the personal level anymore, would their home state of New Jersey and Pennsylvania now provide a resident credit since the tax is paid at the entity level? So at this point, not a lot of states have provided guidance on this issue, but a lot of states do have implied guidance within their statute. And this is a primary issue that needs to be considered as part of the decision process in making a PTE election, as the loss of a resident credit for certain partners could result in economics, unfavorable economics in making the decision. So if there are any non-residents, should we just not make the New York PTE election? Um, as all tax answers are, um, it depends, right? It's very important to get proper modeling done, as we mentioned before. Um, depending, really, at this point, it depends on the materiality. So just because eight partners uh, may, may still benefit from making this election, even though there is a loss uh, for the other partners, um, so with proper modeling done, you can really figure out if it's worth 
making the election or not, depending on ultimately what the net amount is of making this election versus not making it. Yeah, thanks, Saudi. And also to chime in there, uh, it's also possible restructuring is considered, such as inserting a special purpose entity into the tiered structure and transferring residents to this upper tier entity to mitigate resident credit leakage, thereby making the election only for the resident interest owners and other eligible owners. However, for a large flow through with significant partners and residents of many states, this restructuring could become much more complex. And then of course, there's gonna be the need for analysis to be done at the federal level to make sure that there's no unintended consequences. So depending on the facts and circumstances, restructuring planning could require some lead time to get it right, but we've seen clients move forward with it as the benefits for them undoubtedly outweigh the planning and legal costs that might be involved. Thanks, Jason and Zaudi, very informative. So with the New York PTT election quickly approaching as it's due October 15th, it's really important to model out the tax impact before making a state PTE tax election, not only for the entity, but just as important for the owners with particular attention to the non-resident owners. Besides a non-resident owner credit issue, PTEs may be subject to dual estimated tax payment regimes in some states as the normal PTE withholding requirements might not be changed by the election. So clearly a PTE election could be a compelling and effective tax planning strategy but businesses need to holistically review its structure, sourcing operations to see if it makes sense to elect into a PTE tax. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to your Witham Tax team. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Witham's Tax and Topics. Contact us with your feedback or suggestions for future podcast topics. Visit www.witham.com for additional information. Send an email to info at Witham.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Witham CPA. Thank you for listening.